There we go. Let's start streaming. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Wednesday live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. Also run a little website called getgills.com where people can go and sell extra fish that they bred and stuff like that. So if you want to sell or um, buy from other hobbyists, then that is a good place to do it, getgills.com. Okay, let me fix chat here. Sorry. Chat's being funky. Should be good now. Bam. Okay, here we are. We're up and running. Oh, man. I was going to get to this earlier today, um, but I had a hard deadline to get some uh, information over to some people that I'm hoping will invest in dancefish.com and help me build a warehouse to expand all this. So I literally got that in like three minutes ago and it was like, Hey, got to get the live stream up. <laughs> Maria Z bought a shirt. All right. Breeding is pleasure for those that, uh, wanted it. We made the shirt. Let's show it to you. <laughs> so here we go. Teespring.com. All right. If you go to the Dan's fish store, then you will see the breeding is pleasure option. And we got some for the ladies too. We didn't forget you ladies. Then we've got a hoodie and, um, and just the standard, I don't know, back in black t-shirt as well. So awesome. Thanks for getting one Maria and anyone else that got one. I, I think it's going to be fun. Um, all right. So today we're going to try something. We're going to try uh, to do a contest and we are going to give away some, some rainbow fish, but what I've been trying to do and I spent a few hours doing it was figuring out how to make this work. So I've been like doing this, I've been on Nightbot trying to get Nightbot to do a regular like online random selection so that I could, um, So I could do it in front of you, but I can't get it to work in a, I guess this says it's not really working on YouTube. So, I mean, apparently it works great on Twitch. So then I was trying to figure out a way to do it with TubeBuddy, um, but I couldn't really figure it out. Like during a live stream, I can, I can figure out how to um, to do a drawing on a comment on a video once the video is done and uploaded, but it's not really being useful. Yeah, for me to, what I'm trying to do is do it live during the live stream, pick a random comment and have that person be the winner. It's just, it's just not looking like it's going to work. So, First, I want to start with a question. I'll get into the rainbows that we're giving away and all that. Um, but first, I just have a question. Has anyone here found any software or plugin or widget or whatever to use um, to pick a winner during a live stream? Because I, I'm not finding it. And if you have, would you please let me know? Because I would love to know what it is. Um, 
unfortunately, I think how we're going to have to draw it for tonight is 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 a little bit a uh, little bit of cowboy ingenuity. <laughs> and what I'm going to need to make this work, I think, unfortunately, is someone to kind of keep track of, of things. So what I need for this is someone to volunteer um, to keep track. And what I'm going to do is have people that want to be entered. There's, there's no buy. You don't have to spend any money. But if you want to win three Melanotania Sun Gore, and I'll explain about them in, in just a minute. But if you want to be entered, then um, what I would like to do is have people leave a comment on the live stream during chat, which is hashtag bald is beautiful. And if you leave that hashtag bald is beautiful, then you'll be entered into the live stream. But don't leave it yet. What I need is someone who will be willing to keep track of those and know who's number one, who's number two, who's number three and all that. So that when I get to the end, I can do a random number generator and pick a winner. It's going to be kind of a thankless job. I have a feeling that there'll be lots of people that leave that. So you might be writing down lots of usernames um, just in the order that they leave it from the time we say go. If anyone's willing to do that, would you let me know? And if not, we'll, uh, we'll figure out another system. But that's the only way I can think of to make it work without finding some automated software that can do it. And I haven't found any automated software that can do it um, on YouTube. I was hoping I would go live and be able to do it with uh, Nightbot, but it, it doesn't appear to be the case. Okay. Um, so I can close down Nightbot and get to this. So we'll see if someone's willing to do that. And if not, we'll, we'll do something totally different, which is, yeah, which I'll, I'll talk about later on. So let me talk about the fish du jour. Um, these are Melanotania sun gure. They're an amazing rainbow fish. They're not very commonly available. And that's why I thought that they might be a neat thing to give away. And let me just show you a, a short video I made of them so you can kind of see these fish. So this guy right here, he's not fired up or anything. This is just, you know, random video I took, I think yesterday. And he's got that red anal fin, which is really kind of uncommon in that white margin on the dorsal fin, on the edge of the dorsal fin, which I really like. And when they fire, they're like all angel, or angel fish, rainbow fish. They're, they're absolutely amazing. Now, I'm pretty bad at sexing these. Um, whoever wins tonight will get three of these. I'm pretty bad at sexing them. Um, so I'm going to give you three, and I really don't know if they're going to be male or female or all male or what. But the ones you see in this video are the ones that, that you'll be getting. So, oh, low volume. Oh, how's that? Is that better? Sorry about that. All better? Hopefully that worked. Let me know if that worked. Um, the 186 element. So, okay. So just a little video for those of you who are, are unfamiliar with the fish as to what it is. Now, I, I learned something last time. So last week we did this with um, six Empire Gudgeons and it was a ton of fun. And I thought that it was amazing. And then I got an email after the live stream from someone 
who was like, dude, I don't think you can do that on YouTube. <laughs> and so I was like, really? I thought I was doing like a fun raffle, but I checked into it and they were right. Um, like having people give a super chat in order to be entered is, uh, is totally against YouTube's rules. And apparently totally against the state of Wyoming's rules too, which I had no idea, but I, I started digging in and apparently there's a caveat for like nonprofits and, uh, you know, educational institutions and things that they can hold raffles, but people like me can't. And I had no idea. So I've changed this. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to try to give away, you know, some fish every week. And there won't be any buy-in required. There's no super chat required. I'm just going to do it for a while and trust that it's interesting enough and valuable enough that in the end, everybody wins and that I don't lose my shirt. So I'm just going to trust that that happens and go ahead and do it. So, um, so Skipper's Aquarium said that they'll do it. Okay. So Skipper, I'm going to mod you. So you can do that. You're now a moderator. Congratulations. And so here's what I need you to do, Skipper. So anyone that wants to be entered to win free, free, three free Melanotania Sun Guru. By the way, they're 30 bucks each normally. So that's 90 bucks plus shipping. So we're, we're looking around $100 in value roughly. A little more actually, 105. Then if you leave hashtag in a comment, hashtag bald is beautiful. Then um, what I need you to do skippers aquariums is note down the order from right now that people leave that so the first one will be number one the second one will be number two the third one number three and just kind of keep track of that and if you could let people know occasionally hey you guys here's your number here's your number in the chat then everyone knows what number they are and at the end of the live stream we'll do a random number generator and pick a winner that's the best i can come up with um, since I couldn't get Nightbot to work or TubeBuddy to do it, at least not live. I can do it afterwards as a comment in the video once it's uploaded, but I want to do it live. So that's my best idea. If anyone has a better idea on how to do this, then would you just make a comment highlighted at Dan's Fish? This week, it, it might be a little rough. We're just trying it. We're figuring it out. We're trying to have a way to make it work that's okay that, that is not in contradiction to YouTube's rules. Like as soon as I found out I had done something against their rules, I, um, <laughs> I, I sent them an email or a message. I couldn't email, but I sent them a message through their system and said, Hey, I just realized I did something really bad. I'm so sorry. Won't happen again. And I already removed the video. So I took down the video and just sent them an apology just cause I didn't want them to, um, <laughs> oh, shut me down. That would be horrible. And I felt really bad. Like I had no idea. That, I thought it was just a fun thing. I had no idea there were like all kinds of legal ramifications and stuff like that. So this is only, I should mention, and this is all down below in the, the description. There's this long list of all the rules for giving stuff away and winning and stuff because YouTube requires that now that I researched it. Um, I can only send to the continental United States um, no, I can send to Hawaii as well. So Hawaii, as long as you get me the permit in time so that I can send them on Monday, then I can send to Hawaii as well. Alaska, I'm okay doing right now. But once it starts getting cold, I'm probably not going to be shipping free stuff to Alaska. Um, so that's that's what it is. 
All right. So Gardner Hands, the way you enter is you leave a comment with hashtag bald is beautiful because it is. <laughs> to help boost my ego. <laughs> and that enters you into the um, contest. And then, um, yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll have that all taken care of. We got someone in charge doing that. And so I think this might work okay. Now, if this just Skipper's Aquariums will, will kind of keep track of this. Um, if this totally becomes uh, like this big problem, then then we'll we'll readjust. I'm sure things won't work well. We'll readjust for next week. Please just understand this is kind of our first time. I'm sure we'll find a better way to do it. But yep, that's that is the. I think where we're at. But again, if you have better ideas or do this and know how to make this work on a live stream as we're live, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. All right. So what else do I have to talk about? So let me give you an update on the warehouse. I've met with um, some uh, a potential investor. I also met with some other folks who are helping me find investment. So what I'm the process I'm at right now is I have my deck all together. Um, it looks like it's actually pretty good business to invest in. So I'm looking for people that might be interested in investing so I can meet with them and give them the pitch and answer any questions and get in the weeds. Um, it's pretty expensive. We have to hire about $600,000. So it's not a small amount. And we're trying to do this. We're looking for large sum investors right now. So people that might be interested in, um, in fronting the entire 600,000 or large sections of it. We're not looking for anything less than say 50,000 to a hundred thousand right now. So um, if you or anyone, you know, is uh, likes this kind of business and uh, wants to know more and has the capacity to cut a check for 50 to a hundred thousand at this time, that's what we're going for. Once we get kind of those key people in place and find a lead to kind of take this on, then, um, then later we might we might go down to smaller amounts, and I, I think that the last, I don't know, the last few tens of thousands will probably do a crowdfund and do smaller investments and let let other people get get in the game as well. But that's where we're at in the process. It's not cheap. I'm working with the state and the county to develop a system where um, we can, in fact, uh, divert water from a local river, run it through the system. Um, clean it up and return it to the river in such a way that it won't have a negative impact um, on, on wildlife or on the ecosystem or anything like that. The nice thing about Wyoming is it's a big state and no one lives here. There's like half a million people that live in the entire state. And so um, there's not a lot of our natural resources aren't under undue pressure. And this, we're, we're designing a system where this will be very eco-friendly and not hurt the river that we're using the water from at all or anything like that. It's, it's going to be such a small percentage of the river's capacity. Um, so that's one of the reasons why the startup cost is expensive, because what that means is we have to find riverfront property and that ain't cheap. And also, we have to kind of design and develop the engineer, the system that brings in the water and how, how that all works so that there's no 
danger of, of doing any harm. And that's a little bit of a complex system. And so that's what the uh, price tag goes into. Now, the good news is that because we'll have constant flow through, we don't have to do filters. So I know that's going to be strange to a lot of people, but what a, what a biological filter does is converts you know, animal waste and, and oxidizes it into a form that's less toxic. But if you have enough flow through that biological waste never builds up and those chemicals never build up and you're able to strip those before they return to the river with, uh, say, an ozone system or things like that, um, then you don't have to do filters. So imagine a facility where you don't have to clean filters all the time and you don't have to, uh, yeah, just deal with that. You never have to cycle a tank. What this means what I'm really excited about is if I can pull it off, we'll have a facility where every tank is its own unit. And I already have that now, but because there's no need for the tanks to cycle, then I can um, take care of the fish in that tank as they need. If I have to medicate a tank or something. Um, and then I don't have to wait for the cycle to rebuild before I can reuse that tank. So all the tanks in there can work for quarantine or for housing. It just becomes a very flexible system. So the, the only medicine that I'm so far aware of that we won't be able to use in the system is copper, just because there's no way to strip copper out like by carbon block filtration or as far as I know by ozone or by, um, a UV sterilization or anything. So on the back end, after the water flows through the system, I, I can't be discharging copper into the river. Um, but your normal like ICX and things like that, those are those are very easy to strip out of the water before it's returned and just kind of sterilize. So that makes the system very flexible and easy to use. So that's the entire reason I think it's worth that extra um, upfront cost to get some riverfront property and design the system that, that can take advantage of that. And again, just, just trust me when I tell you, foremost on my mind is figuring out how to do that in such a way that we aren't putting um, the river or the environment around it in, in any kind of risk. There'll be lots of redundancy. Um, we're not going to use anything that would have that result. So that's where we're at on that. Um, so if you or anyone you know is interested, let me know, dan at dancefish.com. I'm going around and just talking to people about the business and letting them know what the economics are and the forecast is um, looking for investment. So that's where we're at on that. Now, two other things that I want to do before we get to your questions and comments is I, I have some questions I want to answer. Um, one is why are beta macrostoma hard to keep? Um, this is for Thomas. I won't say Thomas's last name because I don't know if Thomas wants his identity out there, but Thomas emailed me asking this question. He had some beta macrostoma. They, they lasted a couple weeks. Um, he's like, why are they difficult? And I thought, you know what? That is actually going to be a long, complex email to reply with. That's a better thing answered on a live stream. So I'll answer that here. And then the other one has to do with fish medication. And I think that they'll all kind of combine together. So I get questions frequently <laughs> and they're usually termed like this, like, which is better, your method or the aquarium co-op trio? And it's like trio versus dance fish method. And it's, 
it's not one or the other. It's not that one's better than the other. It's that they do completely different things. So we'll get into that too. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the co-ops trio. Um, it just does something different than, than the stuff I use does. And I'll go into that briefly. So those are the two things I'm going to tackle before I get to your questions and comments. Um, if you're just joining us, then um, if you want to win three Melanotania Sungur, which are an awesome rainbow fish, then uh, leave hashtag bald is beautiful in the comments in the chat right here. And we'll, based on the order in which they're left, assign you a number. And at the end, I will get a random number generator going and pick a winner. And you don't have to send a super chat or spend any money to get that. That's the main thing I did wrong last week is since I said, okay, for a super chat of $10 or more, you're entered into the raffle. That's where it became an issue. If there's no money needed to enter, then it's fine. But when you tell people, pay me this much and you have a chance to win this thing, suddenly it's gambling. <laughs> I had no idea. And, and there's like state regulations and licenses and all kinds of stuff. So, so no, no need to spend anything. Just leave hashtag bald is beautiful and, uh, and you'll be entered to win. All right. So the first thing, why are beta macrostomas so difficult to keep? And there's lots of those black water species that have a reputation for being difficult. Samurai gouramis are one. Chocolate gouramis are one. Um, most of the mouth brooding bettas. Um, Altum angels. Lots of fish that come from black water. And beta macrostoma and the like the reason they can be difficult, and I'll be brief on this because I have talked about this before. It's just been a little while. The reason they're difficult is because they come from very acidic environments. So the water they come from is acidic, a pH of, I don't know, it could be as low as 3.5 on up to say 5 to 5.5. And at that level of acidity, A, it's fairly sterile. A lot of disease-causing bacteria is have trouble living in an acidic environment. Um, so that acidity of the water kind of sterilizes the environment. So there are, there's a lot of bacteria that we have in our aquariums that they simply never have to deal with in the wild. So they don't have the immune system for it. Kind of like when, um, you know, Europeans came to the the Americas and, and just wiped out indigenous populations because the indigenous populations just had no defense. They'd never been exposed to, I don't know, smallpox or, or what have you. And so they, it just wrecked havoc on their bodies because their immune system was not geared up for it. That's the same with beta-macrostoma and a lot of these other um, animals. Kaylor's Aquatics, 10 bucks. Hey, Bob, thank you. To enter the contest for rainbow fish type, hashtag bald is beautiful in the chat. No super chat is required. Thank you, Bob, for the super chat, even though it's never required. It's always appreciated. Makes the wife super happy. So it's analogous to that. You take this beta macrostoma or samurai garami or chocolate garami or whatever out of this environment. Then we bring it into our aquariums where there's lots of pathogens that they're introduced to and they have no immunity. So that's number one. Um, and that's, that's probably the main thing. What happens in hard alkaline water that also contributes is we can get ammonia in acidic water, which is where these fish naturally come from. It's acidic enough that you 
don't have ammonia. Ammonia in acidic environments becomes ammonium, which is much less toxic to fish than ammonia is. So they don't deal with a lot of the pathogens we have in our aquariums and they have no immune system for it. And they don't deal with ammonia in their natural habitat. And in our aquariums, we generally have some ammonia, even if it's not measurable, just because that's the first byproduct of metabolic waste. I mean, it's quickly converted, hopefully in a healthy system to nitrite, but there is some ammonia. So that's the second factor, pathogens and ammonia. So you take this fish, you bring it into our systems, which generally are not highly acidic. Um, they're generally pretty alkaline, often pretty hard water. All that's fine if it's clean, but in those systems, ammonia tends to want, and actually ammonia um, has a tendency to be in its toxic form. So those are the two reasons. Now, that being said, well, and plus all the rigors of import they go through and all that stuff if you bought them from, uh, if they were an imported fish versus a captive bred fish. All that plays a part, right? As it does in any fish. So those are the things to keep an eye on. And all this being said, it's totally possible to keep beta macrostoma, samurai gouramis, chocolate gouramis, all these, all these uh, beta rubra, beta chinoides, altum angels, what have you, if we treat them right upon arrival. So upon arrival, and this is where I want to get into um, the medication method I use, which is not versus aquarium co-ops trio. Um, it's just different. And I'm going to talk about that because I've, I think, I think the um, co-op trio is actually what most people should use. And I'll explain why. But if you're me or someone like me and you're importing fish, then you have a responsibility to help that fish get better. And the reason I use the meds I do is because they're so efficient at harm, at, uh, fighting the bacteria that generally infect new imports, Aramonis and columnaris. Um, so when the fish come in, they need a, a week or two. It depends on the species and how sensitive it is in an antibiotic bath so that they have a chance to recover from the rigors of shipping and kind of start getting an immune system. I don't I mean, it, it feels contradictory to say they're developing an immune system while they're in an antibiotic bath. But that that first week or two of being in antibiotics makes all the difference. Because if they don't go through that and then they go into an aquarium that contains bacteria and they're at all stressed and they haven't had a chance to recover and, and have help recovering, they're going to melt down within a couple weeks. It, it's, it just happens every time. I guess there's exceptions, but almost every time. So get them from someone that either bred them in captivity, so they were raised in aquarium conditions, or if they were imported, make sure the person you get them from has properly quarantined them or be prepared to do that yourself with gram-negative bacteria baths, okay? Um, the other thing is whatever aquarium you keep them in, it almost has to be, I don't want to say new, but it can't have had a diseased fish in it basically. Because even though they've been through that recovery time, they're still not completely immune. And if they go into a tank that had a problem and there's residual pathogens in the tank, they're probably going to have an issue. So ideally with a fish like that, I would put them in a tank that's 
I don't know, had a heavy UV sterilizer on it for a few months, maybe, is one way to do it. But what I usually do is I start a new tank and I just make sure it's well cycled. I put fish in there that I bred and raised myself to cycle it. And once that's been going for several months, then I, I can put in a sensitive species like we're talking about. So I hope that answers, Thomas, that, that question in depth. And then the trio versus my method, what I'm doing is importing fish. That's not what most of you are doing. I honestly think that the trio is better for the average hobbyist because the kind of bacteria I use will completely wipe out your system. It'll destroy all your nitrifying bacteria because they're gram negative and the, the antibiotics I use kill gram negative bacteria. So that's why erythromycin is better for the average hobbyist uh, is because it won't, it's less likely, I'm not going to say it won't, it's less likely to kill your nitrifying bacteria. And most people, even if they should have a hospital tank, don't. I mean, it would be nice if everyone could, but, you know, some people are in tiny little apartments. Some people have, there's all kinds of restrictions on people's time and, and resources. The average person that has a pretty aquarium in their living room doesn't have a quarantine tank, right? I mean, a lot of diehard hobbyists do, but most people that buy fish and keep fish are not diehard hobbyists. And so erythromycin's a great thing to say because they can use it in their aquarium that's already all set up and be a lot less likely to wipe out the aquarium and have to start the cycle all over again. And then you get the ammonia spikes and things. So I actually think the trio is better for the hobby in general, um, for the average fish keeper, just because of that. Whereas someone who's bringing in delicate species or importing or wants to try a species that's hard, yeah, then I wouldn't use the trio. I would get a hospital tank that's separate and sterile. And then I would start with my method. So, so that's the difference between the two. Um, I don't recommend my method to everyone unless they have a separate hospital tank. Then I think it works well. But yeah, I don't want people running around wiping out <laughs> their aquariums. So it's not trio versus Dan's fish. Uh, it's not like we're vying or we're against each other. It's this one or that one. It's that they do different things. So if a fish is fairly healthy or is a species that um, isn't as delicate, then yeah, then the the uh, erythromycin might help them if there's some scratches on their skin during shipment or cloudy eye or something like that. Um, so there's nothing wrong with starting with that. And then if it doesn't work, then switch to something else. And by the way, the um, can, uh, canamycin and nitrofurazone, which I generally start with, doesn't treat all things. There is a gram-positive um, bacteria that causes uh, streptococcus, so strep basically, which is also very common in our aquarium fish. It's not as common as the other two, which is why I start with those gram-negative antibiotics, but um, it's fairly common. So if, if the meds I start with don't work, then I switch to erythromycin or um, triple sulfur, something that will take care of gram-positive bacteria. So it's not either or, it's they do different things. So anyway, I'm going to finish with that. I, I know there's a lot of people that here, in the, if you're regular in the stream, you might have heard this before, but I've had enough people email me and, and kind of talk 
about this as a this versus this that I just wanted to clear the air and say where it's not. It's not a this versus this. It's this does this and this does this. And depending on your situation, um, one might be more beneficial than the other. And in general, the Aquarium Co-op Trio is probably better. So you don't wipe out your biofilter. Okay, done with that. All right, I'm going to get to your questions and comments. If you have a question or comment for me, if you make it at Dan's Fish, so it highlights, I'll see it and I'll get to it. I'm going to scroll up to the top, go to live chat. I, I got to remember to start doing live chat at the very top. Oh, shoot. I swear it's, I'm going to have to look over here because on this one, it's already cut out a bunch of stuff and I don't want to miss anyone. Oh, it looks like I missed some super chats. Um, I apologize. I will find them as I go down. I don't want to take a ton of time to, Oh, you know what? Can I repop this out? Let me try something. I wonder if it'll let me repop this out. And if it does, if then I'll be able to see all the way to the top without losing anything. Okay. Let's see what this did. Hang on. No. Shoot. Okay. Hopefully I didn't just lose everything. Okay. I'm going to have to... Uh, <laughs> it just got very awkward. Okay. Yes. Okay. We're going to start up and go down. If I missed your question or comment, please repost it. I, it just means that I didn't see it. And if, if for some reason I missed a super chat because of how it switches when I switch to a live chat, then, then please forgive me. It was not on purpose. I just didn't see it. Oh yeah, it's not. Mm. It's not letting me go all the way to the top either way right now. This is a problem. All right, people. Um, I'm just going to go up to the top of what I can do and start. If I missed you, it wasn't on purpose. It's I literally can't go up anymore to see them. Um, and and so I especially feel bad for those that left super chats. That I'm at the very top and I see Skipper's Aquarium's one entry only. And then I see Kent's Fish super chat of $9.99. Thank you, Kent. Bald is beautiful. And you are the man. I will be back later. Thanks. All right, Kent. Um, if you left a super chat above that, I literally can't scroll up to see it. So I want to thank you and apologize for not shouting you out. I just literally can't go up to see it. Maybe a mod can let me know who I'm missing. Okay, the first comment that I see highlighted for me is 44 Mad Guy 1. Awesome giveaway. Just ordered more African butterfly cichlids. I'm glad you got them. They're, they're amazing fish. They truly are. If you're just starting with cichlids or you've tried some difficult ones and you're like, man, I just want a pretty peaceful, easy cichlid that I'll enjoy. Um, African butterfly cichlids, I can't recommend them highly enough. It's, I think in my experience, they're the easiest to keep. They're super hardy. The easiest to keep together because they're pretty darn peaceful. They're pretty and they're super easy to breed. So good move, 44 Mad Guy 1. Abu Aziz, the chocolate grommies I got from... From me, three or four months ago, I've done incredibly well from day one. They're in 8 pH water in Texas. Yes. So um, so people get chocolate garamis and samurai garamis and wild type bettas and stuff from me. And they do do well, even if your water is hard and alkaline. Um, that means, Abu, though, that you're a good fish keeper. You're, you're doing enough water changes to keep the ammonia from 
being an issue and the nitrites from being an issue and your nitrates aren't too high if those fish are doing well for for you. Yeah. So you can definitely keep them in super hard, super alkaline water. But you can't get them freshly imported without them being acclimated and have success. Um, I don't think. I don't think that's possible. I think they do need a transition to get introduced to all our pathogens and life in an aquarium. And they need help during that transition. Brian and Killers Aquatics I am, however, Dance Fish is in top chat. Oh yeah, I just I just saw that Brian and got out of it. I'm so sorry. I'm now in live chat. Ammonia versus ammonium in dealing with pH is a great issue. It's a lot harder to keep low pH tannin type tanks in comparison to riff like cichlid water. Yeah, so most of us have hard alkaline water and there's a lot of buffer in it. So it tends to be difficult for us to keep pH levels low and steady without RO and DI. If you do reverse osmosis and DI is ionization, which is what RODI means, um, then you have a, a base to start with that doesn't have much, if any, buffering capacity into it. And then you can lower the pH well. But yeah, um, there's a reason Rift Lake Cichlids caught on. Um, Malawi and Tanganyika and Victoria are off super hard alkaline water. And so it's just a nice marriage for most of the United States. Yes. Nurse Beck is, oh my gosh, you're speaking my language. All right, nurse, let's get together and geek out on meds and pathogens. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Next one highlighted. Nurse Beckus again. I'm thankful you mentioned gram negative. That makes things click for me. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. I'm glad it worked for you. Monica Lynn, what is the trio? So, um, Corey from Aquarium Co-op did a huge favor to the fish hobby in many ways um, a couple of years ago by releasing the medications, the concoction he uses when he gets new fish in at his store. So if you go to Aquarium Co-op, you can search um, erythromycin or MedTrio or something like that and see a bunch of videos on it. But basically, he uses three medicines, well, three there's more than one medicine in some of these products, three products to treat um, incoming fish. They are erythromycin, which is a gram positive and an antibiotic that basically treats mostly gram positive bacteria. ICX, or he switched now, I think, to Fritz, but it's basically the same thing. They're all formalin based, ick fighting um, medications. They often have maybe malachite green in them, uh, things like that. And, um, and general cure, which is metronidazole and praziquantel. So one is an antibiotic, one is external parasites and some fungus. That's the ICX or the Mardell equivalent, whichever brand you use. And then the other one, general cure, is mostly for internal parasites. So some external stuff too. So he uses those three in combination together at the same time whenever he lands a new fish. Um, and he's been talking about salt a lot lately, and salt definitely does help newly landed fish as well. So that's what the trio is. Um, and if you want to know more, Aquarium Co-op channel has a, a lot of information on it. Jane Shell, may I put in a hashtag for candy overhauls, please? Um, I'm going to let you, Jane, work that out 
<laughs> with Skipper's Aquariums. So Skipper and Jane talk because I'm letting Skipper keep track. And it's a big job. I don't know how many people have uh, said Bald is Beautiful and entered to win the three Melanotania Sungur. But um, I'm going to let Skipper decide, talk to you and figure out how to make that work. But yeah, I mean, I, I would love Candy to be able to win one. Um, and she'll probably be here later and, and be able to enter that. Did someone say they sell Lumpy Dog? Lumpy Dog, if you're here, amazing. It's so glad to see you. So good to have you back. Okay, here we go. Tampa Tom, I just saw you. Hang on, it jumped on me. Oh, man, it way jumped. Okay, I'm going. There we go. Found it. Fancy Tail Aquatics at Dan's Fish. What do you think about Dr. Tim's products? I have an account there and not sure if they do what they say they do. So Dr. Tim's is the only product that I trust to cycle an aquarium. Um, that being said, I haven't tried a lot of the other products just because they have such a bad reputation. But the reason I trust Dr. Tim's stuff is A, I know... I went to the same university as he did and I know the program he graduated from and I know the rigor that he went through to get his PhD and he had to know his stuff to do that. And his PhD dissertation was on nitrifying bacteria in aquariums. So he's not just a, he, he wasn't a company that was like, how do we make a product to help aquariums? He's a nerd out research scientist who discovered a strain of nitrifying bacteria that works actually works in aquariums and then created a company once he had made accidentally made this discovery. Then he dug in and figured it all out. So that's one reason. Um, the other reason is a few years ago, I was in a pinch. I had a bunch of discus arriving. Discus are very sensitive to ammonia nitrite. And I had been doing a fishless cycle on my tanks for a couple months. They were already about, a, I don't know, a week or a few days before the discus arrived. I, I screwed up and killed that entire cycle. So basically, I had discus arriving in a few days um, and my tanks were suddenly not cycled. So I got some Dr. Tim stuff overnighted to me. I used it and I didn't lose any discus. It worked. And I tested the water. I mean, it did exactly what it said it was going to do. So based on that, I really like his products. And if I ever needed them, I would use them again. That being said, I, I just haven't tried all the others. But his, you know, he's kind of the man when it comes to that, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not paid to say that or anything. It's just that was my experience. So, I mean, back in the day, I did try like, I don't even remember what it's called, like cycle or something. It was useless. Um, I was desperate, <laughs> did research, found Dr. Tim, ordered it. It worked. So that's why. Monica Lynn, please tell me about the rainbow fish tank size parameter. Should I get more than three, et cetera? So rainbow fish are interesting, at least the Melanotania species, I think. I think they do really well in shoals, but someone here that's a true rainbow head, I don't know, Bentley might disagree with this and feel free to, by the way, feel free to correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but I've never had a rainbow that I could tell was stressed by being alone, by being in a pair, by being in a trio, or by being in a group of like a hundred. They seem to me to do pretty well in all those situations. Um, I think they might prefer a little bit to be in a shoal with other fish, but other rainbow fish of their species, but I've never seen them be stressed by being alone. 
So I think three is fine, honestly. They're a typical Melanotania in their care. They're going to get, I don't know, four inches or so, maybe a little more. Um, they're active swimmers. So I would recommend a tank that's at least four foot long just so they have enough space to swim without ramming their noses into the glass and things like that that can happen to rainbows when they're kept in tanks that don't have a, a, a enough length for them to really swim in. It can happen to rainbow fish anytime, let's be honest. But um, they're totally peaceful. And the only issue I've ever had with rainbows in a community aquarium is when I have a massive group of them in, in there and then I have some other fish in there that are not in large numbers. And what happens with rainbows in super large numbers is they just attack the food and they mob it. And it's hard for other fish that are slower to the food to get to the food. You're not going to have that problem, though, if you only have three of them or even six of them or something. I mean, it takes a substantial group to get to that, that, that issue. So water parameters, not picky. Um, they'll do great in hard alkaline water. They'll do fine in soft water. As long as it's clean, they're going to be fine. They're coming from soft water. Mine are in soft water. So if you have soft water, they should do fine. And if you have hard water, that's a very easy transition for fish to make from soft to hard. Um, where you have the issue is when they go from hard to soft. I deal with that every week, um, having to help fish make that transition. But yeah, they're eating flakes, they're eating pellets, they're eating frozen, they're eating live, they're eating rapashi. I mean, they're, they're super easy. I, yeah, they're super easy. 54 Punchy, did you get Bob? Dan's Fish, did you get Bob? Um, is this Bob Taylor? Is this Bearded Bob's Fish Room? Is this Bob Steenfont? Is this... Um, I'm looking. Fifty-four punchy. I've I've scrolled up quite a bit, and I'm not seeing what you're referring to. Um, could you give me some clarity, just so I don't spend too much time scrolling? Scrolling. Oh, by the way, fifty-four punchy. We got to tell everyone about the camping trip. So that's coming right up. That's not this weekend, but is it next weekend? Yeah, not this weekend, but next weekend. What is it? The 14th, 15th, and 16th Fish Fam camping trip in Billings, Montana. Um, there's a Facebook group, which I'll show you real quick, although I'm sure one of the mods could link it. But I, I want to show you guys because the more people we can get here, the more fun this is going to be. Here it is. Come on. All right. This is it. If you go here, KOA Fish Fam camping trip, um, you can find the information, see what's going on and contact other people to figure out, hey, when are you arriving? What are we doing? What's the schedule? All that stuff. So um, September 14th, 15th and 16th, Billings, Montana, the KOA has tents and what cabins and, you know, there's Airbnbs and all that stuff. If you like to glamp instead of camp. Um, so anyway, 54 punchy. I meant to discuss that earlier. Bathy Phil, in the last live stream, you mentioned you had Madaka rice fish. Any ideas when they'll be available for purchase? We'd love to get some and some of your rhinogobias. So they'll be available as soon as I'm confident they'll do well. They're, what, what's happening now is they're in that weird stage where 
I'm always like, okay, great. I can list them. And then the next day there'll be one that's not doing well. And then the next day it's dead. And so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to list them. And I wait a week and I'm like, okay, everyone's fine. And then one starts acting funky. So I'm basically waiting for them to finish settling. And it, it's so weird. Um, some fish after two weeks, there's never been a problem. They're rock solid. I'm confident and I ship them. Other fish, sometimes it, it's taken me as much as, I don't know, three months maybe to be comfortable shipping a fish. Um, and I just, it's up to them. I've, I've done everything I can to help them through. And at this point, it's up to them. So as soon as they really stabilize and I don't have any issues, then I'll start shipping them. But I, I just, yeah, I, I, I just don't ship fish until, until no one's struggling (laughs) or if someone's struggling, it's an obvious thing like, Oh, they have a bent spine or, or they're obviously deformed or like I have some keyhole cichlids. When they came in, there was a few of them that, um, a couple had lost an eye. Uh, A few more had super cloudy eyes to the point where they weren't going to recover. And so I've got five or six in that tank that just have, one of the eyes is just messed up, but that doesn't affect the other fish. Everyone's healthy. It's just now they're blind basically. And that's not going to ever change. Um, so I'm selling keyhole cichlids because the, the tank is healthy. Like they're healthy. It's just something happened before I got them that uh, a few of them have this issue, but they're not in danger of spreading it and, and hurting any of the fish in that tank or anyone in your tank, if you get them. So it's not that a fish has to be perfect, but everyone has to be healthy. They have to stop having any issue. So I'm not sure about the filler. Every time I think they're good to go, one starts acting funky. Tampa Tom, any suggestions for meds for rainbows with mouth fungus and milky colored patches on their fins? Yes. Use urethromycin and ICX several times, but no improvement. Yeah. So it's time to switch to a uh, nitrofurazone and canamycin. Um, in, Something about, um, we often say mouth fungus, often on rainbows, it's, it's not a fungus. They, they often have a bacterial infection. And there's a difference. If you look really closely at mouth fungus, it looks almost like a dandelion pod. It's all these specific, fairly straight, white, I don't know, filaments that stick out. So if you look at a dandelion pod without the fluff on the ends and you just have all those straight little needles sticking into the head of it, it's kind of like that, but on a small scale and really compact. Whereas you'll often get like a cottony growth on lips and things. Um, and, and it's not like these straight filaments that stick out like that. That's often bacterial and not fungal. So, um, that's my best trick for determining the two. And, and by the way, I'm no veteran a thing. It's just, that's my, as of what I know now, that seems to be the best way for me to look at a fish and figure it out. So yeah, switch to gram negative back, uh, antibiotic. Um, and, and it's hard, like it's impossible to look at a fish and say, Oh, this is the bacteria that they're suffering from. Um, if they have a bacterial infection, they can look very similar for all kinds of bacteria. I mean, there might be some differences, but uh, if, if, if there's red spots, you know, the fish is hemorrhaging and there's lots of different bacteria that can cause that. If there's 
white growth that isn't fungal, then there's lots of bacteria that can cause that. If there's body slime, like a white kind of coating on the body or on parts of the body, like that saddle they can get on the back, down the sides, um, you know, there's lots of bacteria that can cause that. So without actually a, a veterinarian or a lab tech, like doing a scraping and, 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 and looking at that and, and really diagnosing it, the best we can do is, okay, I tried a gram positive antibiotic, no improvement after a few days. Okay. Now I'm going to try a gram negative antibiotic. Hopefully that'll work. That's my best tip. And Again, just the disclaimer, not a vet <laughs> by any means. Chewy LTD, but I have, oh wait, sorry, it's Risa L. I thought that they were so close together. Hi, Dance Fishing, everyone. Well, hello, Risa L. Chewy LTD, oh man, Chewy, I was just about to read your comment and it jumped. Ah, oh. there we are. Chewy LTD for the third time. Here we go. You missed my question. How hard is it for you to get pupfish? Oh, it's not, it's not hard at all. Um, join the American Killifish Association. People there have pupfish. Join NANFA, the um, North American Native Fish Association. You can get pupfish. Yeah. In fact, I mean, if you want to get real specific, Florida flagfish are pupfish. So <laughs> a lot of us have pupfish and don't know it. Now, there are a lot of species that you can't get just because they're so illegal. Well, that I can't recommend you get because they're so illegal, but there are many species of pupfish that are legal. If you're going to get some, um, if you keep them warm and often really warm, like mid eighties or higher, I mean, be careful. I, it, I hate to say that just because if you're a novice fish keeper and you keep a tank really warm, you can run into issues real quick, but at warmer temperatures, they really fire up. They get super active. They're amazing. And most of them like really hard alkaline water. Some of them really like some salt in the water too. But yeah, NANFA or the AKA and, and you'll get hooked up. There's, yeah, they're around. Again, not every species, but there's several species that are just fine to keep. That are There's no legal restrictions on them. Chewy LTD, you may have missed some posts dealing with Susan at SLC Newsletter has been released supporting the hobby. Awesome. That's awesome. By the way, look what I got. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, come on. Focus. Cover me up. Is it focusing? Anyway, this is a... <laughs> This is an SLC Aquatic sticker that Susan sent me because I sent her some of these. By the way, if you want one of these stickers, um, just say so when you check out. If you if you order from dancefish.com, in the notes section, just leave a note that says, send me a sticker or hashtag breeding is pleasure or something, and I'll, I'll know to send you some stickers. Um, and we also have that t-shirt, so check that out if you haven't. Teespring.com, you can get a Breeding is Pleasure Dance Fish t-shirt. So, Susan, awesome. I'm glad the, the letter went out. Reels Tanks, you need a star 51 days in the mail and they lived. Oh, t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Real, I almost didn't release that video. Because I was like, you know what, if this hadn't just happened to me, if I hadn't actually experienced this, I would probably not believe it. 
And I was really worried that people would be like, yeah, you're a liar. But the reason I made the video is the first thing I was like, well, there's never going to be another opportunity to make a video like this. Like what, what, what happens to a fish if they're in the mail that long? So like, it might be worth taking the video. I thought it'd be morbid. I thought we were going to see like just some nasty stuff when we opened the box, but I was like, when else are we going to get this chance? So I was rolling the camera, opened the box, expected to like, like plug my nose and run out of the building, but they were alive. And you know, the reason I think they were alive, for those that don't know, there's a video I released yesterday. Um, July 15th, I sent a box of killifish to um, a customer. And I, after this all happened, I dug back. And so I, re, I know what happened now. So, and then yesterday, the box was returned to me. It, it was on my porch. I was like, what is this? I, I looked at it and I was like, Oh man, this is a box I sent in mid-July and somehow was returned to me. Like, this is not going to be good. So I did an unboxing video. All the fish in it were alive. 51 days in the mail. There it is. That's what happened. So, but I remember this now. Like I sent them, the customer was like, hey, I, I never got them. I was like, that's weird. So I sent him another box of killifish. And he got those and, this, and they're all fine. And I thought that this original box that I had sent would probably make it to him like within a few days. Like there had been a reroute or it had got, I don't know what happened. But that's not what happened. Apparently it had sat at the post office for weeks and they just returned it like a few days ago. I, I literally got it yesterday. So I think the reason it, it, they managed to survive was... A, they were in a post office. They weren't delivered to his front porch. They were kept in the post office for pickup. So they were in a climate controlled uh, situation. They're a tiny little lamp eye killifish. Very, very little biomass. Uh, think of like a clown killifish, but smaller. And so there just wasn't a lot of biomass in the bags. So that must have helped. And like... I figured they would run out of oxygen, but using um, 100% oxygen um, apparently puts enough oxygen in a bag that fish can live a long time with it. So I think all those things kind of helped and, and, and no one died. If one of those fish had died, then all the fish in the bag would have died. So um, since no one did die, then the rest didn't die, I guess. But yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, I almost didn't release that video. I was just like, man, I'm going to get tons of comments just saying you're a liar. None so far. There were some comments that were like, this is truly unbelievable. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> they might be saying, I don't believe you in a very nice way. But I can't blame them. If I hadn't actually seen it and experienced it, I would not have believed it either. So, yep. Chewy LTD, did you know the barbecue that you are sending killifish to will be there? Will there be any speakers at that event? Yes. The, the Bay Area Killifish Association is having their annual barbecue. I don't think this weekend. I think the following weekend. And uh, if you're around the Bay Area, I've sent some cool fish there. And there'll be lots of cool fish there. And yeah, they always have good food and good speakers. There'll be at least one speaker there before the auction. At least there has been in the past. So I assume it's going to be the same. Okay. 
Monica Lynn, thank you. I use RO water. I hope I win. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Monica, if you're using RO, I'm sure you already do this, but but do cut it back with some regular tap water, remineralize it a little bit. Pure RO can be pretty hard on fish. Man, I know I missed a lot of comments and questions and probably super chats. Um, I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm at Kayla's Aquatics. Dan Fish, your post of the camping trip did not post. I have posted it twice, though. Okay, thanks, Bob. Thanks for doing that. Oh, I probably forgot to actually put it in there. <laughs> All righty. Hey, there's Lumpy Dog. Hey, Lumpy Dog, it's so good to see you. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hang on. Jumped on me. There we go. Sorry, guys. Chat just likes to bounce around. Michael Brandle. Are you modeling the water system at your new place off an existing system somewhere? Potential regulations may concern investors and future changes after investment can have a huge impact. Yeah, so um, kind of. There's a few hatcheries in town that not in town in, in the state that kind of do the same thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm modeling it after what they do. And by the way, I'm in close contact with the um, the the local environmental protection agency office, with the state licensing office, with the local engineers for the county. Um, we're all working together. And it's in these I think that these are 20 year permits, uh, something like that. So um I've basically been told this looks good. Yes, we can do this. Um, what I'm doing now is trying to raise the money and trying to find the exact location because there might be locations where it's like, oh, you know what? There's a lot of water drawn out of this for irrigation. Let's not this specific zone or this specific creek or river. Let's not draw anymore. But then there's other locations where it's like, yeah, no one's doing anything to this. Um, there's no water being drawn. It's underutilized. It would be fine. So once we know exactly where the spots, basically I find a spot and I tell them, hey, I'm looking at this spot. Is this okay? Is there like, is this an underutilized section or body of water that, that would work? And basically everything is good to go. I already know, I've already been given like the parameters, the TSS and the, the different things that have to happen um, on the effluent, if you will. Um, and so it's all good. I've, I've got like a provision, like a yes. It's just pending the actual location. And then they can say, okay, in this location, this is how much draw we can do, if that makes sense. So yeah, Michael, it's... Um, when when it's all done, it'll before we ever build on there or anything or invest or buy the property or anything, we'll have been basically per, we'll make it so that um, the property isn't bought unless there's a permit and there's not a permit. And, you know, we'll make that work. And the permits are for, again, 20 years. So there's not that much risk on a 20 year runway. Um, Adam Fiegel. How do you enter the contest and what's up for grabs? Sorry, I'm late. So um, 
It's three Melanotania Sungur, which are an awesome rainbow fish that's hard to find. They're usually 30 bucks each. So I think the value is like 105 bucks with shipping. And you enter it by putting in a comment, which is hashtag bald is beautiful. Just because, I don't know, I thought that would be fun. <laughs> it's pretty bad when you got to buy love, right? <laughs> Brian at Dance Fish, can we get a rice fish update? I need me some rice fish. Okay, yeah, we already did that a couple minutes ago, so you probably heard that, Brian. Deli Vigil, hi, Fisher, okay, thanks, and thanks for the sticker. Yeah, glad you like the sticker. Dolly, if you ever, if I can ever do anything uh, for you, if you ever want any more, uh, I owe you one, man. Just let me know. Hey, Larson, setting up a tank to try breeding Epiplides annulatus. Yes. Any tips on conditioning adults and feeding fry? Yes, I've got some tips. Um, before I get to them, I'm going to grab this super chat because I skipped a bunch of them earlier and I feel bad. So, Adam, just found your videos and have been binge watching ever since. I work night, so I can't watch live. Just wanted to let you know, I think you're great. Hey, Adam, thank you so much. I appreciate the super chat. I appreciate the compliment. And I really appreciate you watching. Uh, thank you so much. Hey, Larson, setting up a tank to try breeding Epiplides annulatus. Okay, so conditioning adults and feeding fry. Um, yeah, you're going to need... <laughs> oh, those fry are small. I think the best way to do it is to get a green water culture going or an infusoria culture, a rotifer culture, something like that, and have a bunch of that on hand and basically scoop out a bunch of that and put it in the aquarium every day. That's kind of your water change and it, it just keeps food in front of them. Now, when I say this, I'm not talking about like a stinky jar of cloudy, smelly infusoria. Um, the way I do it is it's a 20 long aquarium. It's got a sponge filter in it. The I'm not, it's not full of ammonia or anything like that. It's, it's green water with a bunch of tiny little critters living in it. That's what I use. So, so then I do, I literally take in a five and a half gallon aquarium full of like small babies like that, or a little, or I will literally take like eight cups at a time every morning. I'll dip out eight cups and put it in their aquarium. And because it's not damaging their environment. In fact, it's like a water change. Now, if I just had like a stinky jar of infusoria, then I would, you know, just suck out a little bit and squirt it in to not foul the water. But that's the kind of stuff that I think you'll be most successful with. And then after, after a little while, they'll grow to the point where you can transfer them to baby brine shrimp. And the way you do that is you keep feeding the small food and you start squirting in a little bit of baby brine shrimp. And once you see that everyone is successfully eating baby brine shrimp, you just can stop feeding the uh, little infusoria or green water or whatever. That's the best I have for you about feeding the fry. They're small. Now you can try like golden pearls, like little five to 50 micron powdered foods. Um, what's the Hikari brand? Um, fry starter? First bite? Uh, I can't remember. But there's, there's different brands of like really finely powdered food. You can try that and you probably have some success, but I've always had much better success with live food. To condition the adults, if they're, if they're really adults, um, then their mouths are big enough to take uh, fruit flies. They love them. The smaller species, which is Melanogaster, not the large species, which I believe is Hydei, but the small Melanogaster species, the normal fruit flies, wingless fruit flies. 
That's great. They'll also eat flakes and pellets and all kinds of stuff. In my experience, annulatus are easy to feed. So if you have a high quality um, pellet like PE mysis and you crunch it up, that'll work. A high quality flake will work. But to really, really get them going, fruit flies and baby brine shrimp, that, that'll bulk them up pretty well. So those are my thoughts on conditioning the adults and feeding the babies on Epiplatus annulatus, which is also the clown killie or the rocket killie. Marie Z, that was unbelievable. See, what a nice way to say, Danny Lee, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like conflicted about releasing that video. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like that. That was crazy to me. Another the Z, good to see you. In your opinion, what are the safest fish to keep with shrimp? Oh, man. Like the safest, something so big it doesn't even notice them. Like a, like cherry shrimp and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> like a big full-grown um, surface dwelling, like a gar or something would probably be the safest. Here's the issue. A lot of people are like, okay, I'll get the, I'll get a, I'll get like a pencil fish or I'll get like a threadfin rainbows or something with a really small mouth, which is great. Those won't eat the adults generally. And I say generally because when a, a shrimp molts, sometimes there's a feeding frenzy because it's soft and delicious. It needs a hiding spot for the shell to harden. But those fish that have those tiny little mouths like pencil fish and all these peaceful little fish that we don't think could hurt shrimp, they're generally micro predators and they're generally instinctually hunting around for tiny little things on the surfaces of the aquarium and picking them off. And so they eat the babies like crazy. Now, if you have a lot of hiding places in there and stuff, I mean, shrimp produce so much that you'll probably still get some yield if that's the goal. If your goal is just to keep like adult neos or, or caridina in with fish, then yeah, pencil fish, threadfin rainbows generally do okay. But just be aware that if you're trying to get a yield, all those small little fish that were like, hey, that shrimp safe, they love baby shrimp. They love them. And, and threadfin rainbows super love them. Like they, that is almost like their natural food. It's just they hone in on that and, and they go for it. Um, all right. Steve's Aquatics. Which rainbow fish do you have for sale right now? Can I get a Millennium Albino rainbow? You can, but not from me. I don't have one. But let me show you what I have. So if we go to getgills.com, we go to rainbow fish. Here's all the rainbow fish available right now on the site. So it looks like we have some Kamakas, which by the way, Pictures of Kamakas never do them justice. These are from the Fish Room Liberty. I'm not selling these, um, but I've had them. Oh, I love them. They are stunning. And they don't get too big, which is great. Um, and yeah, this is, this is all I, I got. So I'm sorry but I don't have any of those. It looks like I must have just sold out of dwarf neon rainbows because those aren't appearing anymore either. So I've got some blue eyes, um, some luminatus, some signifers, I, both of which are amazing fish, by the way, and some thread fins, but that's all I've got right now. I just don't have, man, this is why I need a warehouse. So here's the problem. Here's what's killing me is I, I you know, the, the 
this facility is great. But what happens is I can't keep all the stock and I need to. So like I get a whole bunch of new stuff. Things go really well and it's awesome. And then, but then everyone's like, yeah, I've already got those or I've seen those or whatever. I just don't have the mass I need to get the number of SKUs, um, the number of varieties in. So I have enough stuff for everybody that it's not like you order once or twice and you're like, yeah, okay, I've got everything I need from Dan, you know? So it's killing me because I have, I literally have a massive list of fish requests that I'm sitting on and I just can't fill because I just don't have enough space. So it's killing me. <laughs> oh man. I wish I had some millennium albino rainbows that I could send you, Steve. I wish I did. Ed Young, what are you listing the 51 day old bag fishes? Can't kill these. So those are for Shikthi's flavipinus and they're going to need some time. I mean, I put them in and I fed them and I saw them kind of eat. I gave them baby brine shrimp, you know, a nice little treat after being in a box for 51 days, probably 52 actually, because I generally seal the bags the day before I send them. Um, and then they kind of disappeared into the plant. So I just, I just keep feeding the tank and we'll see. I mean, hopefully they're not so weak that they just don't make it back. They're going to take quite a bit of TLC. So, but I'll show you what they are. Um, it's always hard to spell for Shikthi's flavipinus. Um, Ah, for these flavipinus. Hang on, I, I'm, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to like, not do that on the fly. <laughs> it's, for these is hard for me to spell. And I'm not getting close enough for Google to be like, you mean these, and maybe, yes, I did. Kills Aquatics hoax someone studies the prep you did on those fish, how it saved their lives. So I did my normal thing. Um, I've got some videos on the channel about how I bag fish. Check them out. But basically, prep the water well, um, gas it off, add salt, add sea chem safe. Make sure the fish's gut is cleared. It takes a few days to prep fish properly for shipping. And I just bagged them up with pure oxygen and sealed them up and sent them out. Well insulated, though. And they did have a phase 22 pack in them, which probably helped regulate temperature a little bit. But yeah, check out those videos, folks. Uh, it it's, it's, uh, gives you all the details on how I ship fish. And it works really well. I mean, not just in this instance, but in general, the vast majority of the fish I send arrive alive and healthy. Now, there are issues, and I know there's at least one or two people in this chat that um, have received fish from me and didn't all arrive alive, and I'm sorry. Uh, but the key is do everything you can that's under your control so that when you give them to the post office or FedEx or UPS or whatever, and they are no longer in your control, that you make the odds as good as possible. That's the best we can do. But shipping fish, folks, is a place we all need to up our game. It's kind of abhorrent, and there really is no excuse for the sloppy shipping that this industry and this hobby generally does. Let's up our game, everyone. There's, there's, no, there's no reason for that. All right. Uh, 
Okay, here we go. Um, okay, Chewy LTD. 107 folks watching. That's not bad for this little channel that could. Thanks, everyone, for being here. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to like, share, subscribe, hit notification bells, that would be amazing. All right. So for those that are just joining us, we're giving away three Melanotania Sungur today. I will send them out Monday. If you are chosen, then I need you to send an email to Dan at Dan's Fish with your name and mailing address and say, yes, I want these. So I know you actually want them and can take them um, by tomorrow at noon. A little later in the stream, we'll draw the winner. And how we're doing that is if you leave a comment that is hashtag bald is beautiful in the comments, then um, Skipper's Aquariums will assign you a number. He's doing that all the time. And at the end, we'll do a random number generator and draw the winner. So that's how we're doing this. So if you're just arriving, uh, that's how you enter the contest. And we'd love to have you. No purchase necessary or anything. Um, no live chat necessary. I'm just, I think that if I give to you guys, then it all comes back. I think that's how the world works. So I think this will work out. And I want to do this long term. It's just fun. By the way, for anyone that just joined, I'm trying to find a software or a plugin or, or a widget or something that will allow me to do a random um, comment selector from live chat. Not later, not after the video loads. I know how to select a comment from a video that already loaded. What I like to do at the end is be able to switch my screen so you can all see this thing, have it randomly select a comment in the live stream in real time. I know you can do it on Twitch with Nightbot, but I haven't found a way to do it on YouTube. If you know a way, please let me know. Because poor Skipper's Aquariums, he's <laughs> got his work cut out for him. <laughs> By the way, Skipper's Aquariums, um, if, if this is like on your end, if this is like, man, this is hard work and this is crazy and this is too much for one person, um, Let's, let's chat later and we'll figure out a way that works or maybe we need to find a couple people and rotate through. So if it's like one of those thankless chores, um, yeah, yeah. Although my mods can tell you, I'll occasionally help my, my I, I like to treat my mods well, so you'll occasionally get something from me um, as you mod. Okay, just got to Adam Fiegel's. A super chat of five bucks. Thanks again, Adam. Um, if you're wondering how far behind in the chat I am. Dolly Vigil, no sir, I owe you. You can't understand how hard it was to find Threadfin female, so mission accomplished for me. Awesome. But um, yeah, if you, if you need any more, just let me know. Yeah, so Dolly Vigil and I, I've been trying to get female Threadfins to Dolly Vigil since I think December. Somewhere around there. So yeah, I know how long you've been waiting, dude. <laughs> glad, it, glad they got to you. I'm assuming dude, dudette perhaps. True LTD Susan for SLC Aquatics. I have a lot of respect for Professor Ed Dan Hodnett. We geek out all the time and he's my killifish go-to guy. I asked him about pupfish due to CARES preservation program. Yeah, Um. oh, I should share this. So there's this amazing article about preserving uh, endangered fish in basements that came out the other day. Um, well, I don't know when it came out, but that was posted to a Facebook group the other day. Where was that? Hang on, I'm looking for it. I want to share it with you. It's pretty cool. And it features Greg Sage, but a lot of other folks.
folks too. So here on the Get Gills Facebook group, um, if you go over there, you'll find it here. It's Basement Preservationists, How Hobbyists Can Save uh, Rare Fish from Extinction, or Can. And it's, it's uh, an article from Yale University. And it has a little bit of Greg Sage, but a lot of other stuff too, like the Victorian cichlid situation and a guy in Germany that's doing this and um, lots of other folks too. So it was a really interesting read. Uh, Michael Wentworth, thank, thank you so much for sharing that with the Facebook group. That was cool to see. And yeah, if you're on the fence about CARES program, if you can dedicate a few tanks, it's awesome. Wichita Falls Fishkeeper. Hi, Dan. Are you still using the fulvic acid? If so, if you come to any new conclusion, thanks. Boom, boom in the fish room. <laughs> I say breeding is pleasure. <laughs> Wichita says boom, boom in the fish room. Um, yeah, I love fulvic acid. I don't use it every day or all the time, but I use it frequently. And I like mis mixing it into my rapashi. I like thawing my frozen foods in it. Um, for those that don't know, fulvic acid is amazing. It really helps your fish in the wild. It's a, it's just such an integral part of their environment and what they need that, um, yeah, the benefits far, far outweigh the costs. So yeah, no change. I'm still a big fan. Now I haven't done any, you know, studies or anything, but it seems to work well for me and I'm able to keep some really tough stuff. And I think it helps. What fulvic acid does is a, it's a chelation uh, chemical, I guess. And it, it basically helps fish uptake nutrients. So it helps them utilize the nutrients they eat, the vitamins and minerals and things, as I understand it. Again, not a scientist. But I've read the scientific uh, research on the subject, and it's very convincing. Um, there's a lot of fish farms that have done research on it. Uh, Steinhardt Aquarium has articles on it. So it, it's not just, hey, I used it and I think it worked, like that placebo effect. There's real data on it. That's what turned me on to it in the first place. It's when I was trying to keep bettas and blackwater species and stuff and trying to find a way to help them transition. That's when I uh, came across fulvic acid and learned about it. And I still use it. I love it. And a little bit goes a long way. It's, uh, Yeah. I hope that answers your question, but absolutely. Adam Fiegel, I'm actually just finishing up my rainbow tank, 75 gallon, cool, with red irians and bosmani, I think, and I got the perfect spot for them. I never heard of this species. Do they have any specific care requirements? No, they're just as easy as irian reds and, and bosmani. Um, yeah, nope. Hardy, beautiful, easy, just not very common. First bites, that's the Hikari fry food. Thank you. Thank you, Bob Kaler. When I was talking about the Epiplides annulatus raising a baby clown killifish, that's it. First bites, Hikari. Marie Z, no, not at all. I was impressed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. I really thought a lot of people would be calling me a liar, honestly. Um, Uh, Marie Z, that was me. I went on a shopping spree. All right. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see what you spent. And yeah, anyone that uh, is interested, dancefish.com, that's where I sell my stuff. And uh, I appreciate all the purchases, all the customers. And a cool statistic, 56% of my orders are reorders. So that makes me think I'm doing something good. That's a statistic I always tell the investors. 
Monica Lynn, what do you think about blue neon dwarf garamis? Can you give me some tips or ideas on the care? So, okay. I love those fish. But there's a few things you need to know about them to be successful. A, they very frequently have a virus. You'll see it by... It'll often manifest as the like you've been through antibiotics and anti-parasite medicines, and the fish just loses weight. It gets pinched like up behind the head, up back um, behind the shoulder blades if they had them, just really pinched in, and they just gradually fade away. That's something that is very frequent with them. Um, it, it, it's just something they're susceptible to. So. Um, it, by the way, viruses aren't something that you can necessarily treat or even prevent. Like you and I all carry around tons of viruses and we're healthy, right? It's just, you know, shingles could pop out at moments of extreme stress because perhaps I carry that virus. You know, it's just the, that kind of thing. So just because a garami often has a virus doesn't mean it's like, oh, I should, I should never, ever get that garami. But just be aware of that. It's an important piece as you decide what fish to get. Um, there's lots of viruses that fish have, just like humans have, or in, any, you know, organism that's more complex than, than a virus has. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing. That wasting away on, up on the, kind of up on the back is, is kind of a giveaway for that. Second thing is they are aggressive little buggers. Like the males are very aggressive. So if you get them, especially with their own species, right? If you get them, I personally would recommend getting females. They're much less aggressive. A lot of the females have a lot of good color. And so that part, at least, you don't have to worry about. So those are the two things I would just be aware of with that fish. And besides that, um, they're generally hardy. They're colorful. They eat well. They're, they've been in captivity for many, 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 many generations. They're, they're pretty used to this, but those are the things to be aware of. I would say. Alrighty. Hope that was helpful, Monica. And by the way, I'm not trying to scare you away from that. It's just, you, you got to know about that virus just because lots of that, that species, just lots of them have it. Chewy, oh, and one, one thing, if you can find uh, blue neon dwarf garamis that were raised in Israel, um, you might have a little better luck. You're going to pay a lot more for them, but occasionally they're available, um, very occasionally. I've only seen them available a few times, but um, there's some biosecure facilities um, that you might have better luck with out of Israel. Chewy LTD, wonder what the water chemistry in that bag of fish that you, oh, you know what? I, I totally should have tested that, Chewy. I didn't. I just let, I just dumped them through a net and put them right in the tank and, and didn't. Jeez, I should have tested that. Um, it was fairly clear Although, and this might not have shown on camera, but there were a lot of really tiny particulates in it, like almost like white. It was almost like when your aquarium gets, turns milky white from bacterial bloom, but just much less intense. Yeah. 
Kent's Fish, 99 cent super chat. Hey, thanks, Kent. Always appreciate it. Never required, but makes the wife super happy. And another one, man, the 99 cent pieces are falling out of the sky. <laughs> thanks, Kent. Appreciate it. <clears throat> okay. Monica Lynn. <clears throat> I know, me too. Mine are bubble nesting in a heavily planted tank with a lot of floating wisteria. Oh, well, great. That's awesome. I, if, you could, if you could breed some dwarf garamis, that would be fantastic. Those babies are tiny. You're going to maybe have some success with finely powdered food, but I would highly, highly, highly recommend uh, getting some green water, infusoria, or something like that going for them. They're not going to be big enough to take baby brine shrimp, at least not in mass. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I glance over and I'm just seeing like <laughs> all these 99 cent super chats. I think Kent's doing this just to make the mods say thank you. I think Kent is trolling 54 punchy. <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> Ken's fish, $1.99, make it rain. It's raining. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. <laughs> He's still going. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> 54 punchy. Thanks, Ken. And again, and again, and again, and again. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to say that's the funniest use of super chats I've ever come across. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so Monica, back to the baby garamis. <laughs> Fifty-four punchy. The artifish kibun is like get left another one. She's like. <sighs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Driving the mods mad with super chats. <laughs> way to troll, Ken. <laughs> way to be. <laughs> That's hilarious. Mm, man, I'm actually crying. That's so funny. Yeah, so small food. Um, you're going to want to remove the female as soon as they're done spawning. I'm assuming you have a male and female in there. And... Let the male tend the bubble nest until the babies are all free swimming. Like at first they'll hatch and they'll kind of be in the nest and then they'll kind of swim away and stick to stuff like the front of the glass and they'll stick to plant leaves or whatever. Um, but when they're done doing that and they're kind of horizontal and swimming around, remove the male or he will eat them and go from there. It, it also helps if you can row, <laughs> rower, <laughs> lower the water level down to four to six inches or so. Uh, that, that kind of helps keep everything compact and helps the, the fry find the food. And then what I do is I just dip out of my green water slash infusoria culture and dump again about oh, how many cups, at least four cups in every morning. Um, and that kind of gradually raises the water level until it's back up to normal. That's, that's kind of the method that works for me. Um, so I don't know if it'll work for you, but that's what works for me. I mean, floating water sprite for the garamis. Yeah. Water sprites the best. 
Real Stinks Nightbot can do it on YouTube. I tried real. I like earlier in the live stream, I did a test and like Nightbot didn't do a darn thing. Um, yeah, I'm just, oh, geez. Hang on. Sorry. Let me just try again real quick. This will only take a second, folks. <clears throat> Okay, so here it is, real. Um, so I've got Nightbot going, and it just doesn't know. Yeah, see, it doesn't, it, it actually, it might be able to do chats after the video uploads, and or um, comments, and then comments that are left after the video uploads, but I don't think it can do YouTube live in chat, like right now. So... Um, if there's anything else, or if someone knows how to use Nightbot in a way that can make that work, I would I would love some help. I would love that. But thanks for the suggestion, Real. It's just um, so far I haven't been able to get that to work. TM Aquatics. No, excuse me. Bald is beautiful. Why? Thank you, TM. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Hang on, it did the jump thing. The fish tank barn, $5. Hashtag no more professor. Hashtag breeding for pleasure. Had my first angelfish spawn. Yes! Waiting for wrigglers and ready for brine shrimp. Awesome. Yeah, I I hope you raise them all. I mean, you've got some experience raising fish, so I, I bet you're going to do just fine. That's great. Thanks for the super chat, by the way. Appreciate it. Always appreciated. Never required. And now... Sorry, this totally jumped on me. Here we go. Jane Shell, got to yours. Please read Reels Tank's comment. I think I just did about Nightbot, right? Yeah. Okay, I think we I think we did that already. Yep. I think that's the one you're talking about. Just doesn't work. At least not the way I know how to use it. Chewy LTD, are you familiar with the endangered killifish population in Newfoundland? The banded killifish? Um yeah, the, it's a fundalist species. Yes, I'm not real familiar with it. I've never tried to keep it just because there's no way I am going to keep my water cold enough for it. But I'm familiar. Is it? I forget the species name, but yes, I've read about it. If I remember right, it's a pretty good size one too, like four to six inches, something like that, maybe bigger. Monica Lynn, thank you. I have six of them now. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> just got to Kentfish. <laughs> Kent's fish making it rain. <laughs> Brian, someone's button is stuck. <laughs> and it's still going. Oh, jeez. <laughs> For those that missed it, Kent's fish did like, I don't know, 10, 15, 99 cent super chats. Just to make 54 punch, you have to say thanks over and over and over again. <laughs> By the way, 54 punch, are you going next? Are you on it like 9 or 9.30 tonight or something like that? 9.15? Um, if so, let me know. I'd like to send people over after we're done here. Real stakes. He wants to. He wants the winner. We're, we're just about there, Real. 44 Mad Guy 1. I get that t-shirt soon. Though your Teespring link doesn't take me to the shirt. Hmm. 
Okay, let's just look at that real quick, and then we'll start wrapping up. Teespring. Um, listings. Oh, that's like, okay, breeding is pleasure. So if you go to teespring.com slash breeding is pleasure, you can get it. I will link it here. Um, so there it is linked. I think what happened is I had a couple different things. I had the other t-shirt and this one. And so I put them both together under a storefront. Um, so what is it? Teespring.com Dan's fish. Dan's fish. Yeah. Okay. Wait. It's about, yes. Okay. So if you go to teespring.com dash Dan's or backslash forward slash, whatever slash Dan's dash fish, it'll take you to this where you can see that one and, and this one. So they're all on that. What happened is before the, it was a product link, not a storefront link on Teespring. So you're only seeing the one. All right. Okay. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, so I'm going to wait for Skipper's Aquariums and have him chime in. Um, I hope Skipper's Aquariums isn't female. I can't remember. Um, think you're a dude. Um, Skipper's, would you let us know when we're all ready? Would you just put a note that says ready to go? Bye, not Nola Jane. See ya. And once I get that, I will run the random number generator. And then um, we'll know our winner. And Skipper, when I run that, if you would comment who that is that has that number, that would be fantastic because I really don't know who has what number at this point. <clears throat> 44, my guy, when yeah, I found it, just thought I'd let you know the link. Okay, cool. Cool. Glad you found it. So just while we're waiting for Skipper's to kind of catch up, I'm sure there's a lot going on on the back end there. Um, oh, the other thing, Skipper's aquariums is uh, if you would ready to go we have 68 entries thanks that's what i needed to know so let's do this random number generator cool i've got it one to 68 and i'll share it in a second before i do it just so the so entries are closed we're about to we're about to run this is for three melanotania sun gour um steve's aquatics did you put in steve's aquatics did you put in hashtag bald is beautiful <laughs> um, I'll run this in just a moment. Skipper, should we, should we add Steve's? I'll let you make that call. Yeah. All right. So Skipper, could we make, um, Steve's aquatics number 69 and make that happen? Would that work for you? Let me just wait and make sure that Skipper's okay with that. Cause there might be something going on that they know about and I don't. All righty. <laughs> all righty so hang on we're almost there yep okay good to go okay here we go i'm going to share this we'll generate this if you win then by noon tomorrow send me an email dan at dansfish.com saying hey i'm so and so i won the rainbow fish yes i want them here's my address and i will mail them to you on monday okay 
So here we go. Oh, got to share the screen. Making it 69. We're not going to comment on that. And we're going to generate. Here we go. And the winner is number 55. So Skippers Aquariums, would you let us know who number 55 was? Number 55, congratulations. You've won three Melanotania Sungur. And I will ship them to you on Monday if you email me. Cool. Awesome. Well, that was fun. Um, I think next week we'll do it again. I'm not quite sure what. I've got a few ideas in mind of what I might do. We'll do a different species and, and do another giveaway. And again, if anyone knows a widget or, or something I can use to make this happen so Skipper's Aquariums doesn't have that massive job, that would be, that would be awesome. So it sounds like it might have been Rick. Is that right? Can we get a confirmation um, from Skipper's Aquariums who the winner is? Number 55. All right. While we're waiting, another the Z. What are your thoughts on hybridizing like Zephophorus species and so many other species? Personally, I don't like it. You know, I think the, the only problem I have with hybrids is if someone – there's two. One is if someone hybridizes and it creates a fish that just is so badly formed that they don't work right, like they don't have a good life, that, that's a problem. Um, and the other one is if hybridized fish are sold and not super clearly labeled that they're hybridized. That's when I have a problem with it. Apart from that, 55, Rick Stidham, congratulations. All right. All right, Rick, it's you. Send me an email, Rick. Dan at dancefish.com by noon tomorrow with your mailing address and you'll be all wound up. It's official term, wound up. So not sure what we'll do next week, but it'll be something good. Um, so yeah, another the Z is, I don't have a problem with it, like flower horns. And I mean, I have hyphen um, red-eyed red sword tails right now and they come from across um, with platys back in the day right? That's where hyphen swordtails come from. So I don't have an issue with it as long as we aren't like selling something as a pure strain when it's a hybrid, as long as it's up front. Then folks that are into it can have fun and folks that aren't don't have to participate. And if there's ever a chance to return a species to the wild or something, we know what's hybrid and what isn't. So that's my thoughts on that. All right. Oh, wait. Hang on, hang on. Multi-tank addiction. If you use TubeBuddy, it has a random comment picker. Yes, but I don't think it works during live stream. I have TubeBuddy, and um, as far as I know, it only picks comments after the video is uploaded. Then you can pick a comment. Am I wrong, multi-tank addiction? Do you know how to use TubeBuddy? like live in a live stream, like I could use it right now and pick a comment. Because if you do, I'd love to test it um, like right now during the live stream. So I can know that for next live stream. Does anyone know how to make that work? Like I, I looked into it and I thought it would only work after it was uploaded. I think you're right. Oh, shoot. I was hoping I was wrong, man. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for coming. We will uh, be back next Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Like usual, we'll do another drawing like this. I hope you're all having fun with it. I am. And uh, thanks for everyone that left a super chat. 
<laughs> making it rain for everyone that left a super chat. And then because I'm, I, I, I'm dumb and didn't switch to live chat in time. I couldn't scroll up and see it. I'm so sorry. Thank you for the super chat. I'll be able to see that like when I close this down and everything, but I just want to let you know, it's super appreciated. And I'm, I'm so sorry that I just I couldn't scroll back up and see it. So I missed a couple. Um, my mods. Thanks to the newest mod skippers aquariums. Thank you so much. Um, skipper, if if you think we need to find another mod to help out or, or if you have any thoughts about how to make this better, if you would email me, dan at dancefish.com and we can chat. Uh, I want to make sure we can make this good for everybody, as good as possible. Um, Monica Lynn, $10. How do I make the green water? Okay. So I'll stick around and talk to Monica Lynn for a bit. So the way I make green water is, um, so I do it in my scud culture and it's pretty easy for me. If I have water Sprite in the tank, I don't get green water. If I take it out, I get green water because then a bunch more light hits the water and all the nutrients that the uh, water Sprite was sucking up gets utilized by the algae and critters. But basically what you want to do is if you take a, I don't know, let's say an aquarium, you could use a gallon jar or something, but let's say an aquarium with a sponge filter I think that helps just because then you can feed large volumes to your babies without putting toxic water in there. If it's an actual thriving ecosystem, you're, you're growing the green water in. Um, then it's just some kind of fertilizer and bright light. So the fertilizer can be, you could use uh, Easy Green or some other, you know, aquarium fertilizer. You could use fish food. You could do lots of things, but some nutrient source in bright light, you're, you're, you're going to get green water. That's my experience. It's been super easy. Um, yeah, that bright light nutrients and a sponge filter is what I use, man. I'm trying to think of like, is there anything I'm missing? I mean, it sounds too simple, but really that's what works for me. I like doing it in a scud, uh, culture because the scuds will eat all the other algae. So they'll eat any surface algae, stuff growing on the surface. They'll chow down on that, but they have trouble eating the free floating algae that creates green water. So in a scud culture, it helps just because the scuds eat the competition. And then that free floating algae has more nutrients to less competition. It grows better. Those are my thoughts, Monica Lynn. I'm, I'm trying to like give you a $10 answer. I think I gave you like a $3 answer, but that's what I got. Um, <laughs> thank you for the uh, super chat and I appreciate it, Monica. Um, everyone that commented and, and left questions and comments and made this lively, thanks so much. Um, thanks again, my mods and Skipper's Aquariums for doing the all that work. And Lumpy Dog, it was so great to see you. Welcome back. Until next Wednesday, when we'll see you again at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I hope you all have a good one. And, oh, I got a new camera, so more vids coming out this week. I'm excited about it. All right. Talk to you all later. Thanks again. Bye-bye.